0: My name is Nate Brown and I'm a worship leader here. And it's, you may think it's kind of odd to see me standing here addressing you. And let me assure you that I also think it's odd. (laughs) It's kind of a funny story how I came to be here this morning. About two months ago, I remember having a dream. And the dream was that I was standing right here speaking, I was preaching or something, and I remember seeing the stage, you know, it was a slightly fuzzy dream, but I, I remember seeing the stage, and then in the dream, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm standing here in front of you all, but I, I'm not sure what to say. The spotlight's on, you know, and i remember being like rather nervous. And then I wake up, and I'm like, oof. okay, that was just, that was just a dream, right? It's not going to happen. Like, why in the world would that happen at Redemption Hill? I lead worship here, and that's it, Right? And I'm pretty sure it was only a few days later that Pastor Robert, after Sunday, I was leading worship. He came up to me afterwards and he asked if I'd be willing to share on a communion Sunday like we do here. And my heart was just like, is that (laughs) is that going to be like the dream? You know, I just had to dream of that. And but you know, then I had to remember, like, no, okay, you know, this must be something God's you know inviting me into. Okay, sure, I'll do it. I'm excited about this, and I truly am excited about excited about being here with you. So I thought. I would share with you about worship and about just kind of how God has used worship in my life, how he's used music and singing and also just share a little bit about what God has to say about singing our worship in God's word. But before I do it, let's let me just pray for us and pray for this time. Father God, we truly want to give you a heart of worship like we were just singing. Lord, it's, it truly is more than a song that you look into the very depths of our hearts and you know us and I pray that our hearts would be turned to you in true adoration, true praise for what you have done for us, for you are worthy of all of our praise, you are worthy of our whole beings, you are worthy of our voices, of our song. Lord, I pray that you would use this time however you please, that you would use this time to grow us closer to Christ and that you would teach us and form our hearts and that you would be glorified in this time. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So I wanted to start by sharing with you all just a little bit about myself to, and, and kind of my background. So some of you may know that I grew up in Czech Republic as a missionary kid. My, my parents were missionaries in Czech. They're still there in Czech Republic, in fact. And um, so it was, it was just a very normal life for me to live, live there, um, the one unique thing and neat thing about being in Czech is that they, there are lots of music schools, and, and Czech is a very musical country. And so they had all these kind of like government-funded music schools that were very inexpensive to go to. So at times, me and my two sisters were taking like three lessons at a time every week. Like I did voice, guitar, piano at one time and my, you know, all these lessons and they were very affordable for my parents as missionaries. And uh, so that was really one blessing about being in Czech that I as, looking back. And so my parents had me and my sisters take piano lessons from like first grade on. And I didn't necessarily love piano, but I just did it and stuck with it and enjoyed it enough. But um, probably when I was about 10 or 11, that's when I started kind of wanting to learn guitar or just thinking it was cool to play guitar, but I didn't know how to play guitar yet, you know. And uh, I remember one time when we came back to the States to visit my grandparents over Christmas time and we were at this music store choosing a piano for my grandparents' house so that we could practice when we were there so they could have a piano at their house. And while we were at that music store, I just kind of left my my parents and my grandparents to look at that, and I slipped away and saw this, like, junior-sized Yamaha guitar. And I remember thinking, wow, this, like, fits me perfectly. You know, lots of guitars are too big, and so I was just playing on it. I didn't know what I was doing, so I was just plunking around and having a little fun and then set it down, didn't think much about it. And then that Christmas, I was opening presents, you know, I was playing with my Star Wars toys. And then I turned back and that guitar was was sitting there and I was just so excited, so ecstatic, like that's the guitar, you know? And so that's really what started then my just playing guitar. So I learned learned a few chords, had someone teach me a few chords. Then uh, I remember starting out teaching myself, I taught by uh, trying to learn Stephen Curtis Chapman songs. You know, at the time, that was like the most rock music my parents would listen, let me listen to, was Stephen Chapman, <laughs> So I tried to pick his most rock songs and learn them. But later, you know, I got to listen to other bands. But, um, and so then what really shaped me with, with music and, and using music to worship God was when I was able to play guitar on the worship team at my high school. And I just remember that was just such a special time for me to get to just play and learn these songs. And eventually, after I'd been playing a little while, I remember this one day where, Uh, one of the guys who normally sang, he wasn't there that day. And so someone else was leading the time, but the singer wasn't there. So I just kind of stepped up while playing guitar and started singing into the mic too. And that's when I feel like I I started to actually sing. You know, from then on, that kind of opened the door to singing. I still wouldn't call myself a singer, but I just kind of sang in worship times. So... And then as I continued to grow and just God kept using music and these times of worship in my life, I remember specifically these English camps that we had where they're evangelistic English camps where we'd uh, teach English to the Czech people there and also share the gospel. But for me, those times were just where God shaped me so much. Every night we would have times of worship uh, through singing and sometimes I was playing, I'd play guitar there as well. And I just remember being, so shaped by those times, and then beyond that, even times that we would share around the bonfire. We'd have fires, you know, and, and just sit there and sing, and I would bring my guitar, and my friends and people there, we'd just be singing praises, singing songs like, you know, refiner's fire, my, one, my heart's one desire is to be holy. Or then I remember his standing in a circle around outside, staring up at the stars and singing like, God of wonders beyond our galaxy, you are Holy. And these times where we would just stand out there singing and worshiping for hours and song after song, we just wouldn't, we didn't want to stop, you know? And then finally, when we had to come in, it was just, we were changed. We were different. We were, and it felt odd to come back into real life after just having this amazing time of worship. And those times truly shaped me. And another way that God used music in my life was as a vocabulary to be able to speak and share to God what was on my heart's what was on my heart. So many times I would, uh, when I was going through hard times and struggles and even just battling with my own sin, I remember just sitting down with my guitar and singing whatever was in my heart, singing it to God. And at those times I just, I was completely vulnerable. All the walls were down. I was just me coming before God, just singing praises, singing whatever was going on and working through things in my life. And music was able to give me a language to be able to do that and express what was in my heart and even allow God then to, to speak into my heart through his word and through singing different things. God just showed me. I remember one time I was actually, I think it was at a camp as well, and I was standing outside in this big field all by myself, just one of these times, just singing to God. His struggles are going on in my life. And then God just told me to be still, be still and listen to the sound of the song that's all around be still and listen to the sound of this grace that is found beyond your strength and this love that will never fade. And that just became a song that I would sing. And then when it came time for me to leave Czech and then come here to the States, I went to Biola university and I was, uh, all alone here. Like my parents were in in Czech. My grandparents lived in other places of the U.S., but we didn't have any family in this area. So I was ready for a new adventure, but I was also here by myself. And I remember through times of worship at Biola, God just pouring his love down on me and letting me know that I was truly loved and that he was my father. And I remember singing like how he loves. And just being overwhelmed with the love of God. And he just tangibly showed me right there that he loves me. And I remember just bawling and tears rolling down my face. I could hardly sing anymore. Just knew that God loved me so, so much. So, and then even coming here to Redemption Hill is such a blessing, I would just, being in the congregation, singing the songs and and God is ministering to my heart so much being here with you all. And then even getting to lead worship with you every week, I'm just blown away by God's grace and what God is doing here. Um, And I'm sure that you all have similar stories like this, you know, just how God has used singing. Uh, But when I started, when I was thinking about singing, it made me think like the times that we spend here on a Sunday morning out of the like you know, the whole hour and something, we spend about half that time singing. You know, so if you think about through all of our lives as Christians, we spend a whole lot of our time together singing. And a lot of times we think like, "Hey, let's worship, you know, and and obviously worship singing. Let's worship singing, which it totally is singing, but we don't have to worship God through singing. We could worship him by declaring his praises. We could worship, we could just turn to each other and share what God's done in our lives. That, That would praise him. There's so many ways we could do that, but somehow God wants to use singing to do that. And so I wanted to just think about like, Why do we sing? What's the so importance of singing? And I thought we'd look into God's word a little bit and see. And the first thing that just seems obvious to me of why we should sing is because God tells us to sing. God commands us to sing. In the Psalms, he says, sing for joy in the Lord a new song. Psalm 96 says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name the biggest book in God's word is the book of Psalms, which are a collection of songs that were sung, right? There's about 50 commands in God's scripture to directly to sing. And so obviously singing is important to God for some reason. He created us this way to sing. And, you know, singing really is a a special act. Like when we sing, we engage our whole bodies. Like we can't just sit there and sing. We actually have to have you know, good posture. We have to use our breath when we sing. We use our vocal cords to sing. We use our, our mind as we're engaged in thinking about what we're singing. We're, uh, singing has a way to just connect to our hearts and emotions that words sometimes don't. When we're singing melodies, our emotions are engaged to what we're singing about. So singing is such a special act. Even Even scientifically, when we sing, there are positive endorphins that are released in our brains that just make us happy and joyous when we sing. So it's, it's neat that God would use singing as just kind of embedded in us as humans as a way to respond to him. And so that what brings me to the second kind of point of why God wants us to sing is that singing naturally flows from being in awe of the greatness of God and what he has done for us through Christ. When we are, when we are just in awe of God, of what he is, when we're standing outside gazing at the stars or when we're just overwhelmed by what Jesus has done for us on the cross, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, what can we do but just sing? You know, sometimes we're so filled with joy. What can we do but sing? We go, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. It just comes out. We, we can't stop it, right? We shouldn't stop it. Uh, in, I want to point to some cool passages. In Exodus 15, um, the Israelites have just escaped from Egypt, and they're being chased by the Egyptians. And this is the moment where the Israelites have passed through the Red Sea safely, but they see the Egyptians like coming right after them, and so it's still uncertain. But then God allows the Red Sea, which he's parted, just come crashing down on the Egyptians, and the Israelites realize, we're free, we're saved. God did it, right? And then this is Exodus 15. He says, Moses Says this. Then Moses and the sons of Israel sang this, sang this song to the Lord, and said, "I will sing to the Lord, for He is highly exalted. The horse and its rider He has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation." So their response was to sing. Similarly, David, the great psalmist, uh, there was a time where God had just provided all the resources to build their temple. And, and David was so excited about what God had done that he couldn't help himself. And he, he, he says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Similarly, Mary, when she realizes the significance that she is bearing the savior of the world in her womb, and she's just, Overwhelmed with that, she exclaims, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Just couldn't contain themselves. Similarly, Paul, as he's writing Romans, it's one of the his great, greatest books sharing about the gospel and what Jesus has done for us and uh, the implications of the gospel in our lives. And after 11 chapters of talking about Jesus and, and the gospel, Paul is so filled with joy. And at the end of chapter 11, he, he says, um, let me see, chapter 11. At the end of chapter 11, he says, Oh, the depths and riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For he has known the mind of the, For who has known the mind of the Lord or become his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to them again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Psalm 104 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. Let the glory of the Lord endure forever. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. So, when we're filled with joy of what God has done for us, we just reply in singing. It just flows out of us, and we shouldn't stop it. We should sing in those times. But the truth of the matter is that we don't always feel that way. You know, unfortunately, it'd be wonderful if we always had this, this pinnacle, these pinnacle moments, but they, they sometimes only happen occasionally. So when we're going through everyday life, when we're in the midst of a busy week or trials of this life, and we don't feel that, sense of awe, should we still sing? Thankfully, yes. I think we should still sing even in those times because another way that God uses singing is that singing teaches us by helping us to remember the truth of God and by helping us to feel how we should feel in response to him. Sometimes we don't know what to think or we're in the middle of a trial and then a song will come into our mind and God reminds us, oh yes, that is true. That is true about the gospel. You know, I don't know, you know, how many of us remember five sermons from 10 years ago, every single word for word. We probably don't remember that, but very likely we'll remember songs that we sang 10 years ago. Even if like not right now, once we hear them, we'll know them. And those words are still embedded in our souls and in our hearts. You know, they still inform us. They still teach us about who God is when we, hear those songs. It was really neat. One uh, summer camp I was at, uh, I was talking to this young boy and he was so excited. He was sharing to me like what God had done in his life and sharing to me his testimony. He was talking one-on-one and he started saying, you know, Jesus is the light of the world. He came down, stepped down into darkness and he opened my eyes and he let me see. And it was beauty that made my heart adore him And and Jesus gave me a hope of eternal life with him. And I'm like, that's so cool. You know, he's sharing what God has done in his life. And then I remember thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, that's actually a song that we've been singing this whole time during camp. You know, I was like, oh, I don't know if he realized that or not, but that's here I am to worship. That's the first verse of that. And so I don't know if he realized that that was part of a song or not, but it was true that it was just embedded on his heart, that it just became his own words to, to share about what God has done in his life. Um, so I just thought that was so neat. Songs inform us and teach us. Now, another way that songs can teach us <clears throat> are by teaching and guiding our emotions. Sometimes we don't, we don't know how we should feel in a certain situation because of maybe there's trials in our life or things are going hard. And, and our human natural response is one thing, but in light of the gospel, we know that we should feel and think otherwise, but it's just hard to get there. But oftentimes when we just, even through that, we just make ourselves sing. God can turn our hearts towards him. And one example of this that um, this comes right to my mind is the song, It Is Well. I'm sure many of you know the, the backstory behind it as well, but Horatio Spafford, he and his children and his daughter, they were, they're supposed to head from U.S. to Europe on a ship. But something held Horatio back. He had some business affairs he had to attend to. So he sent his daughters and his wife ahead of him to go. And on that voyage, the ship collided with another ship and ended up sinking and the daughters sank. It was a miracle that the wife survived. And then a few weeks later, a few days later, Horatio gets on the next ship to go and comfort his wife and be there together. And, but you can only imagine what he must have been feeling through this, you know, it's like, why God, why did this happen? Or, you know, why wasn't I on that ship with him? Or, You know, what, you can only imagine. And as he's sailing, the captain of the ship pulls Horatio in and he says, this is where it happened. And that's when he reflects. I can only imagine how humanly, how he must have been feeling. But at that time, that's when he wrote the worst to the hymn, it is well. And he wrote When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot. Thou hast taught me to say it is well, it is well with my soul. So through singing, we can turn our eyes toward Christ, even amidst the pain, amidst the trial. Not that we neglect that, but we turn to Christ. And we can still say it is well and our hearts and our emotions, our minds are turned towards Christ. In Acts, in Acts 16, Paul and Silas have just been thrown in prison because of preaching the gospel. And I'm gonna read from Acts 16, verse 22. It says, and the crowd rose up together against them and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now you can only imagine how they must have been feeling at that time. First of all, they're just in pain from being beaten. They've just unjustly been thrown into prison and locked up in the inner prison, guarded as criminals, how much they have been feeling at that moment. But look to see how they respond. Verse 25. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God and the prisoners were listening to them. By about midnight. So who knows how long they've been singing. They're still singing at midnight. So what was their response in the midst of that? I'm sure they didn't feel like singing, but still they mustered themselves. We're going to sing to God. God is worthy of our praise. And they sang praises to God. And then they were just lifted. Their spirits were lifted to praise God. And that's what in some way song can do. Of course, it's God working through that, but they were singing. I want to read Colossians 3.16 to you all about the kind of one of my favorite passages in the New Testament about singing and how it teaches us. It says, This is Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So we are told even to be filled with God's word, but then to sing and teach one another with our songs. So I think songs truly can teach us to remember about the truth of God and they can teach and inform our emotions in ways that just speaking cannot. So I'd like to encourage us, like when when we're going through tough times, to still sing, even when we don't feel like we have a song and it's hard to muster up the courage. Still in faith, sing, knowing that God can even work through that act of singing. And then my last point is that I'd like to is bring out how singing can grow us relationally with God. As we sing, it's almost like our prayer to God. And it is our prayer to God as we sing. And we can just use music to grow our relationship with him. I'm going to read from Ephesians 5.19. And it says, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Singing and making melody with your heart. In Colossians three sixteen, we we just read, it says, "Singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God." So it's this this vertical connection that we have as we're singing to truly sing, not just with our voices, not with our words only, but with our hearts. And I truly know that that's in my life. God has used singing so much as a way for me to just speak to God and share what's on my heart and even allow God to speak back and speak into my life. And like I said, he showed me how much he loved me. He's allowed this peace, which I didn't know I had in my heart, to just overwhelm my heart because of these songs. And so singing grows us relationally with God. So it's not, it's not that we sing because we are good singers, It doesn't say sing because you're trained singers or sing because we're great musicians. You know, that's not the case. We are to sing because we have a song to sing. You know, we sing first of all, because God told us to sing. It's important to him that we sing. And we sing because of what Jesus has done for us. And when we encounter the glory of God and we're filled with this joy, what can we do but sing? So let us sing. And let us sing even when our hearts don't feel like it. Let's sing as a way to teach and inform us about Jesus. And let's sing to grow our relationship with Jesus. At all times, let's sing. So I'd like to invite uh, Grace and then a little bit Bill to share some of their testimonies on how God has used worship in their own lives personally. And then we're going to sing and reflect on that. So here, Grace.
1: Good morning. Hi, I'm Grace, and I am really excited to share with you this morning. I don't really have anything novel or exciting to share. I just have something that God has been doing in my heart, and um, I love worshiping. And so I'm just really excited to share with you what He's been doing in my life. Um, This year, you know, 2019, you always look back on the past year, and wow, it's been a busy one for me. I've had things that God has been so gracious things that I've been praying for for like seven plus years God has been faithful to complete in this year. And and then there's been some things that have been really hard, relationships broken, grief, and doing that in the span of like a week. So it's been a crazy year. And yet in that, I I think about what has been central to the highs and like when I'm praising the Lord versus like those lows and grief times is, is worshiping the Lord and seeking him first. And that comes specifically by focusing on Jesus and the cross. And honestly, I have to tell you some of my greatest worship times have not been in those Amazing moments of high. It's been in the times where I've just been surrendered and dependent upon Him and come needy before Him. And there's also a fact that I now work and I go to work every day, and that's normal life. And yet I find that God has been really working in my life of just worshiping Him. Um, I was last semester in book club. And we were talking about how attributes of God, how we can display that in our own lives. So, And something that's been kind of hitting me a little bit is like, do I want to love more or do I want to forgive more? It's not that I just buckle down and I'm going to love that person, you know, or I'm I'm going to forgive that really hard forgiving person. No, it's not that at all. It's that when I focus on Jesus and what he's done on the work in the cross, that's when I begin to forgive and when I forget, I give, begin to love because I see him and what he's done in my life. And that's my response, my awe-inspiring response. And so as I thought about how that ties into worship, there's just been a song that has continued to come to my mind recently. Um, and if you want to put the words up on, thanks, perfect. It goes, at the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white, I owe all to you. I owe all to you. And something that I've been thinking about is, how often do I take time to be in awe of Jesus? Like Nate was saying. Worship just inspires that. Like I get to be in awe of Jesus and what he's done on the cross. And then how often do I surrender, actually surrender myself to him in that? So we're going to be singing this song right now. Um, Michael comes up. And I just encourage you to be thinking about, I'm going to be with you here, surrendering myself yet again to Jesus, because that's, that's the life that I want to live. And I want to be an on of him. So we're going to take a little bit of a moment to think about these words and surrender ourselves to Jesus and be in awe of him.
0: Now invite Bill to share with us a little bit about his testimony in worship.
2: Here, Bill. Good morning. Thanks, Nate. And uh, My name is Bill Thomas, and I sometimes sing on the worship team. And uh, when we practice for singing with the worship team, we they make a CD for us, and we practice, and we listen to it, and so as I was kind of pondering and thinking about one of the songs, um, Be Enthroned, if you can put the words up on the screen, um, there's some words in Be Enthroned that says, Be Enthroned upon the praises of a thousand generations, you are worthy Lord of all. And so as I was thinking about that, I just had this visual of like what that would actually be like. So if you could think about that, of if you've ever been to like the Harvest Crusade or one of those big places where there's thousands of people singing. If you could just imagine that over a thousand generations, and then what if that actually was used to build a throne? I'm not making any kind of theological assumptions of anything like that. I'm not, you know, does that really happen? I have no idea. Like, But can it happen? What if it could be visualized like that? And so if you could think about that... um, even though I was, I was kind of thinking about those, those things, it brought to mind Matthew six nineteen through 21, where it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures in, on earth where moth and, and rust corrupt and thieves break in and steal and destroy, but to, to store up yourselves treasures in heaven. So as I was thinking about that, the rest of that, in verse 21, it says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So that led me to examine my heart. And kind of like what Kyle was saying is like, what are you bringing? And so a lot of times I have to just get out of my head and get out of the things that are in my life circumstances and things that are going on and just let them be and remember what God had done for me. So that worship is because you can sing and singing can just be just singing or it can be worship when the object of what you're singing to or about is God. And so what it did for me was it makes me realize What God had done for me, who I am, who I am in front of him, and my unworthiness to be in front of him, but what he has done to make me worthy, although it's not of my own merit to be in front of him, and to be grateful for that, and to acknowledge that, and that's worship. So whether you're singing a hymn, or whether it's a worship song, or even just Jesus loves me, I believe God loves authentic worship, where it's really coming from your heart, And so whether you're doing that individually or collectively, that's one way that we can worship God if we do it authentically.